And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up everybody? It's the Big Hawk. We're in the nest, excited for the pod today. Uh, we got a great one coming at you. Not a lot of things happen, but uh, you know we bring out the best podcasts and we give the people what they want, and I'm glad. It is probably, I mean, probably best one around. Uh, a lot of weird shit happened today. I just, a lot of cool stuff, I should say. Uh, weird also, <laughs> literally as we we're coming on, Mailman shows up. And, uh, you know, I got, my, uh, believe it or not, I got Jonathan Kaminga rookie car showed up today in the mail. Mailman's talking to us. He's a cool dude. He comes in here from time to time. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple Carolina things hanging on the wall here. He asked if we were going to sing. Big Hawk told him we're about to drop a mixtape. We may or may not be true. Maybe come out one of those coming soon. Um, <laughs> he told Tyler how much he looked like Tyler Hands, bro. <laughs> That's right. Hey, throw some Tyler Hands, bro. You just when I look at you through talking about Kelly, you just got a, your face. It kind of, it kind of throws me in the mind of Tyler Hands, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. See you, man. All right, buddy. Oh god, that shit was funny, man. I had no idea. Tyler's sitting on the couch, so he's not ten feet tall. But uh dude was like, You look just like you know, I I look at your face, I think about Tyler Hands, bro. Man, I get you we didn't tell him. You'd be surprised how many times <laughs> people come up to me like, Man, you look like Tyler Hands, bro. And back in the day it used to be like, Well, I, you know, that's me. Well, like but now I'm just like, yeah, I get it a lot. And uh, kind of keep going because I'm just like, you know what, man? Uh, yeah, how many 6'10 guys that look just like me you uh, see walk around? But um, <laughs> but he was nice and fair to shit. He, he is a great dude. Yeah. He was funny. I mean, I was sitting down. But. And he was knowledgeable, right, about mm-hmm. Tar Heel history. And in fairness, Tyler's sitting on a couch. So, mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's because I see about every day. I'm like, fucking pretty hard to find somebody who looks that much like somebody that you know uh anyway nice dude uh my kaminga rookie did come i'll be cutting into that thing we got a lot of cool stuff to get into i'd say we got finals game five is tonight which this is monday so about a time two three four yeah it'll be last night um and then the don't we're not sure if it's the live tour or the live tour but it's uh making waves and we're gonna talk about that um and then unc baseball um didn't quite make it out of the super regionals uh unfortunately we'll talk about that and then we got a cookie review yeah we'll do that on the pod or on the pot or we'll put up it on uh insta either yeah we'll do it on the on the pod and then we'll we'll also do it on insta yeah Peacock brought so he brought six cookies and he's like mm-hmm. i got one of each for you guys to taste and so there are three that are the same and then you can tell he got got a bunch of other ones for himself. Well, there's there's actually five now. One didn't make it um, to the start of this pod. Ah, um, but no, I got the three. You know, I went to this spot called Crumble. It's a new place over there by South Point. Uh, amazing cookies, um, really really good. It's one of my favorite places, and um, I've had a lot of great cookies from there. Anybody that knows me knows that I love cookies. How did I start loving cookies? Ever since I've been a kid. Uh, I've been eating cookies. Uh, my mom made the cookies, and so, you know, like any kid, just downing them. And, uh, you know, I grew a love for cookies. And um, like I've said it on the pod before, when I played with my brother um, with the Pacers one night, we are on the road, and he said, come by my room. I got, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I drop in there, and he's like, I see these cookies. And he's like, and this 
this glass of milk. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, man, just order cookies on the road and have them warm them up and bring them right <laughs> to the room. And <laughs> so when you know you're living good. And I said, man, that's a great idea. And every road trip that I played in, that was my third or third or second year with Indy. Every road trip, uh, every road trip in the NBA, I had cookies and milk from that point on. And uh, so I can, I'm a good, you know, I'm a good judge of what a good cookie is because I've had a lot, a lot of, a lot of fucking cookies. I consider myself, uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself a cookie connoisseur, but uh, I'd be hard pressed to find one I don't like. Uh, I have a similar story, dude. When I was a kid, my grandma used to make cookies all the time, like mm-hmm. make them, right? Like, and, um, Every time I go over her house, she had this cookie jar, and on a cookie jar was a picture of a cat with its paw in the cookie jar. So it was sort of like a, uh, what do they call it, inception sort of situation, right? And uh, there was always cookies in that thing, dude. And it's funny now as you get older, like you realize like certain wives' tales. I'm not even sure if that's PC anymore, but like that you used to hear or learn about <laughs> in like, uh, you know, and now, like, so my grandma, dude, I it's could a do. a human tale. Now. Yeah, it's a human tale. Um, it's a they tell. Uh, I could um, do anything the fuck I wanted as long as I had like a little glass of milk, right? Like a like a small ass glass of milk. And I guess because she thought out, I mean, really thought it made my bones stronger or something. So I, and the thing was, I love milk. So I just hammered that glass of milk and just go right there, just hammering cookies, dude. And she let me eat them all. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like grandparents just are the best, dude. My grandma let me eat every cookie in that. Uh-huh. And, th- and that's the thing about you know your grandparents. You know when you go to your grandparents, <laughs> they got the candy stash, they got the donuts, they have the cookies, and that's where you get it from. And uh, you know your parents have no sympathy. They're not gonna like. Eh, they're not gonna do that when you're young, young. Uh, but sleep. You know, I'm I'm like that too, man. I, I just, you know, I, I know a good cookie. Now you can fuck up a cookie. Yeah, you can. You can fuck up a cookie, and they've done it. And you know what the fucked up cookies are? It's the one that's gluten free, mm. soy free, sugar free. Basically, I'm like, well, what fun the, free, the, yeah, it's joy free. What 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 am I eating? I mean, if I have a cookie, I know what I'm walking into. And uh, you know, I, I don't come here to eat my cookie to get a nutritional benefit from it. I'm actually doing the opposite Ops. and I'm willing to <laughs> sacrifice my health for the amount of instant joy I get this from this cookie. And I'll just go ahead and say it. I was talking to Pablo before. So my ground for, you know, a basic cookie will always be the chocolate chip cookie. Oh, dude, there's nothing better. In any establishment that makes cookies, you've got to judge them on the chocolate chip cookie because everyone has a basic chocolate chip mm-hmm. cookie. And it's the, like the pepperoni pizza of cookies. Yeah, yeah. Tomato, tomato. Um, tomato, potato. Um, and you know, it's, so I've you know I've I've been around the block a few times and been to a lot of cookie joints. So uh, today we'll uh, at the end or after the pod we'll break down the cookie or the crumble cookie and the guidelines for it, which we don't have many right now, but we'll, we'll get more. Cost okay. Cost, you don't want to get you don't want to get ripped off, especially yeah. with this. Uh, what's going on right now? Well, you, you there's know. six cookies in a big pink. <laughs> it looks like a shoebox. I bet they were cheap. They weren't, and uh, we'll talk about that. So price goes into it and taste. Price and taste. Um, Mine is know. how many crumbs is everybody going to spill my fucking couch in here? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, taste taste Nothing matters. A bunch of roaches. If, and- yeah, if the if the if the taste is good enough, I think I think your your cost quotient, uh, uh, it's you know, cost doesn't matter as much. I don't know where the word quotient came from. I hadn't heard that one since the fourth grade, but uh, I don't even know what it means. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other thing in a. I will tell you the best cookie I've ever had in my life. Okay, and. It's hard to really say that because there's one my mom's cookies. All right, let's go let's go one. let's go on the spot top 5 cookies. You eat individually top 5 cookies. There's no question most steakhouse in Indianapolis. Most steakhouse. Um, they what they do with their cookie is the mo- the most it's not around anymore, but anybody ever took to that steak place, we would destroy a um a bone-in ribeye. Mm-hmm. Um which we're talking about the big boy um, we're house. not talking about like the, yeah, we put everything on that thing. Then we could a fully loaded baked potato. Uh-huh. Um, and then we'll get, uh, a side of broccoli, which we don't eat <laughs> and we just leave it at the table. And what we do is we pound that ribeye and then we destroy the loaded baked potato. And then everyone at the table who I come with, we order the cookie and the cookie is comes out on a big ass pizza plate. Mm hmm. And it's not fully cooked, and it's not so it's cooked to where it's really oh, kind of yeah. runny. Yeah. And then they take a bunch of scoops of vanilla ice cream uh-huh. and they pile it on top of it, and it's the best cookie anybody that's ever had it. They will admit this is the best dessert I've ever had in my life. And if and if anybody says the pizuki or whatever on the West Coast, it's not even fucking close. Don't do that bullshit because a cookie from Moe's is the most unique cookie ever. It's like comparing um, a Cadillac, I, I mean. To a Huffy. To a Huffy. Yeah. Exactly. So we were going top five cookies there, and I was expecting you were going to do like the shower beer, the morning beer, the first beer, the vacation type thing. You went very narrow on us. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Top okay. five. Well, but yeah, I mean, listen, one. there's no rules. Mom, I just said top five. Mom's All cookies right. are number All two. All right. Um, and it'd be hard not to make her number one. Uh, I know she doesn't listen, so she's <laughs> Welcome to my world. Um, pills, actually, Woo-hoo. the Pillsbury Doughboy uh, cookies are unbelievable, and uh-huh. they don't even make the oven. Okay. I just eat the dough. Um, so yeah, that's, that's true. I watched it. Watched it happen. Um, okay. And then I got to go with the crumble chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Uh, it's up there. Um, it's very good. I and got some good ones. I got some heat makers coming. So, Man, I, I, man I'm not sure Insomnia is going to make the list. Uh, man, there was a fast food place that put out these chocolate chip cookies. They're nice and runny. And when you eat them, I can't think of the McDonald's. Think, mm, not sure which restaurant it was, but I'd just go the four because I I don't think insomnia they're too inconsistent. Sometimes you can get the ones that have been out for a couple of days and you can taste it, and then sometimes you go in there and you get the ones they just made and it's much better and you know the difference. And you know if if you pay the price for the insomnia cookie, then you expect the freshness mm-hmm. and the warm and the doughness and the chewy like. The chewiness of that that price should match it. So mm-hmm. I can't put insomnia in there. Don't want the price to make it hard to swallow is what you're saying. This is exactly what I'm saying. So, all right, I'm going to go way, way, way broader, okay? And I don't even know if I'm giving my five, my top five in any particular order. But the double treat cookie. Double treat. We roll up un- into a double treat. Unbelievable. It's like, bro, all right, I'll stay here. You know, oh, there's a... Uh, you know, blood stains on the walls. Okay, fine. Let me get an extra cookie and we won't tell anybody. So, double tree cookies, solid. Um, 
Otis Spunkenmeyer, chocolate, chocolate chip, just a heavy hitter from like middle school. Okay. You've got uh, the one at the mall, uh, Mrs. Fields. Solid. Mrs. Fields. And then I'll go uh, Toll House. Mm hmm. And then, um, you know what I'm not going to say is fucking Girl Scout cookies. Overrated. Hot take. Okay. Like the Beatles. Um, I agree. In the Samoa's, yeah, yeah. Samoa's the only good one that they put out. I like the peanut butter ones. And I like the, th- I mean, thin people freak out about thin mints. Like, Suck. Like the, yeah, they literally are the beach boys of fucking Girl Scout cookies. Like, who? why would anyone buy those? I'll eat them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're cookies, bro. I'll eat them. And the dance, the dance ones, the ones that come in the blue tin, those are shit. Okay. But we got one left. And I mean, I'm going to say, ooh. I'm going to go Dark Horse on you guys here. The fucking Oreo. Oreo's pretty solid. Oreo's solid. But you know which what Oreo mean? are we talking about? I'm just flat about? out. Double stuff. Double stuff. stuff. Got to be yeah, double stuff. Double the stuff. mega stuff just too much. Yeah. And when they came out with double stuff, it should have just done the fuck away with the regular one. They should have. You know what I mean? They now should've. they even have Oreo thins. It's like, dude, I'm trying to eat some Oreo thicks because that's, that's all I really The fudge-covered Oreos. Yeah, pretty dude. And there's some too. really good other shit. Like, there's other good cookies. Lots of, I mean, you could go with the cho- the M and M chocolate chip cookie, yeah. So there's a lot, and I mean, I just that was an on the spot, you know, just riff, guys. Um, all y'all listening, but man, it's hard to go wrong with a cookie. I mean, I'll eat a macadamia. Now, you know, there's cookies that you get at you know, Subway. Like, the worst Subway's great cookies. The macadamia other thing, nut. remember when you were a kid and you thought you were getting a damn chocolate chip cookie and it was oatmeal raisin and you're like, Mother such fucker. a fucking disappointment. Then you hit it. Then you hit a certain age and you're like, ooh, oatmeal raisin. Um, I like lemon cookies. I like peanut butter cookies. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, I like peanut butter cookies. Um, I like chocolate chip cookies. I like chocolate chocolate chip cookies. Uh, I'm not a big white chocolate guy, but I'll eat a white chocolate chip cookie. Um, My buddy Danny makes this cookie. He comes from like a Polish background. Nutter Butters. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you what it's called. It's some Polish as fuck name. Uh-huh. But it's like a soft bake sugar cookie with some jam on it. Huh. It's one of the uh, most delicious cookies I've ever had. What's the one at Christmas time where you drop the Hershey Kiss in the middle, dude? I mean, you can just hammer those. Ba- dude, there are some majestic fucking cookies out there there's a lot of different cookies out there and and the way these things are coming up you know you pablo bop them with some shit we've never heard of <laughs> and uh then uh you know you go to this place and they got cookie i mean the lemon cookie was hell i had it last week it was fucking good oh man it's good a ginger snap you know animal cookie animal cracker it's an animal cracker but it's actually a cookie uh throw you off their scent there those things are good i mean dude it's hard dude the biscoffs Dude, you fly Delta. I mean, Biscoff's got to be up there somewhere. You Pretty know, good. I mean, it's, it's like, like NCAA top 25 type, you know, sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out, depending on, you know, what's going on. Uh, those marshmallow ones, that you know, there's a couple that are distinctly shit. But, uh, yeah, dude, anyway, <laughs> we're going to get into it. We're going to find out what, what uh, old, how the cookie crumbles here in a little while, um, or the Bryce Krispie treat is just what kind of looks like to me. But, anyway, we'll get into that. We'll give you the description. We'll give you the texture. We'll give you the palette. Front, forward, uh, backward, down the hatch. Um, yeah, we're gonna probably get way, way too into it. Um, 
way I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to start here. The NBA Finals, I guess, is is what makes most sense here. What's most pertinent? Uh, we got two two series. Mm-hmm. Series is two two. Pablo's favorite outfit. Um, going back to Golden State, right? Uh, Steph went off. Uh, Kaminga didn't get off the bench all game. Uh, we got. Uh, so just as quick, and then we talked a little bit about this, just as quickly as everybody was like, holy shit, Golden State's down 2-1, it gets, series is over, just that fast is right back in the other direction, right? Now Steph's mm-hmm. the MVP, is going to ride off in the sunset. Yep. Uh, I think the wise move here is to realize we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I have to think Golden State's, you know, whoever wins the last game, you got to think has the upper hand. You know, and they have the advantage, and now Golden State's going home, and Steph looks like, you know, I've been saying that he hadn't had kind of a quintessential game, and man, it was weird because it didn't feel like he was just having one of those just straight up everything he shoots goes in games, but it was like, man, every important shot he was shooting went in, and he was he was hot, and it was fun to watch, and Boston just couldn't couldn't get. I thought Wiggins did a great job on Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I get that they won, and there's been growing calls for Kaminga to get in. By the way, guys, right before we came on, when the mailman came, I just got the uh, Panini Revolution Galactic Kaminga rookie, and phew, she's a beauty. She's off to PSA as soon as we get off of here. Um, you know, I still think, and I've been reading a lot. Like, I still think he's got a role. I get he's 19 years old. I guess you're not going to play him. They're not going to play him on the road. There was a lot of people saying they needed to play him. They're not going to throw him in there on the road in that game. And you got to think maybe if they go down 3-1, maybe they're going to you know try something different. I just don't think he's going to get any time. Um, I think he – I get why he's not. I'm a big Kaminga fan for those of you who maybe new to the show or haven't listened recently. Um, but I still just feel, dude, Clay was not good. Um, Poole was not good. Really, Golden State wasn't that great. Draymond's mom. Did you see that? Draymond's yeah. mom tweeted, like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with this guy. Um, so it's a weird series, man. It's like some nights, some players look unstoppable, and the very next night, them or their team just look like anybody could beat them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It's it's still a wildly entertaining uh series. Like I've like been some motherfuckers start at 9 p.m. prop my eyes open with popsicle sticks and just stare at the TV. But um I don't know, man. I don't know. If I were to try to guess what happens in the next game, the rest of the series, I have no idea. I really thoroughly think this game's going, or this is going seven games now. I think, I think Golden State will win the next one. I think Boston will win the next one. And I think it ends in Golden State. I think Golden State wins in seven, but who the hell knows? All right. Tonight, um, boy. I'll pull up some spreads while you're. I'm, I'm going to go with Golden State. And I think home has a lot to do with it. Um, but like I said, I said this before the series. I think Al Horford's the X factor, mm-hmm. and I think when he has good games, Boston tends to win. And he hasn't been like the two games that he's really played well. He's been in double, um, double figure scoring wise. Um, they've won, and we need we need production from him because I really don't think Golden State has an answer. And I know Al's getting kind of older. Um, you know, it just shows how important he is because they don't have anybody that can guard him. And the big in the NBA is kind of extinct a little bit. But I will say there's another guy that's making a huge difference, and I'm blanking on his name. Robert Williams? Robert Williams. Yeah. He comes in with energy. He makes winning plays. 
He does his part. He's not out there trying to hemorrhage threes up. Um, he shot blocks, scores around the rim, and he plays fucking hard. Yeah, and it's really good to see that. Um, so I, you know, I like I like the Boston those two bigs on them. But I think to me, Steph is kind of having this moment where, you know, he's like, no, I'm Steph Curry. Like I don't care uh, how bad Dre plays. I don't care if Clay's not himself. Like, watch this. And I think it's really special because we saw in Boston, that was uh, that was one of the best playoff games, yeah. I think, of all time yeah. from anybody. Um, to go in Boston with that type of energy um, and that atmosphere and put up and do what he did, I think that was special. And, you know, I've talked about it on here. I don't know why everyone thinks Steph's just a good player. He's one of the best players ever. And... Uh, you know, I think we're seeing that right now. You said in the last pod, and people, it's weird because, like, people, and it seems like in the last week have also all of a sudden been saying it. Maybe they're listening. Uh, but that, you know, he's got to be in the conversation. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he's better than Jordan. I'm not saying he's better than LeBron, like, overall body of work or whatever. All I'm saying is, is he squarely belongs in the conversation with the best players of all time. Exactly. Hey, if he wins, if they win a uh, yeah. title this year, yeah. And he wins MV- the MVP thing, I mean, the year Iguodala got it. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's let's not be let's not kid ourselves. Why was Iguodala so open? Why did he score so much? Yeah. Well, because it took three players to guard Steph. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, there's a reason why he was getting rebounds. and He was open. Yeah, and you make some highlight plays, right? That people remember, and mm-hmm. that's what I mean. These human beings vote on this shit, just like the same people sit here and talk about it. But I think you're right about that. Um, I think. Um, I think he put the fucking team on his back in Game Three. I mean, Game Four. Like mm-hmm. they. Ain't, even sniffing it didn't look like they're going to win anyway somehow they won that game and it didn't look i mean nobody seemed to be playing that well wasn't it pretty low scoring it maybe maybe not at the end but uh i don't hell i don't remember the what hey what do you think's up with dre it was 107 97 which for these guys is nowadays that's not much yeah dude i don't know man i i think draymond you know, we talked about it early how how much he was like giving it to the refs and being that antagonist and it was like overboard even for Draymond. And I, you know, I still I think he's in a in his own way just pushing too much. He definitely looks like lost in some, you know, some trips down the court. I I think he's probably I don't know, man. I here's here's the best way I could think of it. Is I remember when I was a kid playing like basketball or whatever, baseball or anything like that. And occasionally, like, especially when you're like in your early teens, at least for me, I get my I get all in my attitude. Like I'll have this like fit, you know, I was just being a little shithead, right? And of course, when you're a kid, some you know, everybody, if you weren't that guy, you probably had guys like that on your team, um, or in the league you played in or whatever. And it's like you can't even, you're so been out of shape that you can't even get over yourself or, or or out of your own head and 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 just focus. And in a weird way, like I feel like maybe there's a little bit of that going on with Draymond. I said it a, a thousand times. I'll say it again. Big fan of Draymond. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost as if he's psyched himself out a little bit uh, watching him play. And, and you know, there's all this stuff about his podcast, and there's all these guys on him. And I mean, is is as independent as he seems, as sure as of himself as he seems, dude. That's gotta wear on you at some point, a little bit. You know, and I think the same thing that makes uh, Draymond such a good player is probably the same thing mm-hmm. that is uh, causing him some issues. Right? He's very passionate. Yeah, he plays with a lot of emotions, and you know, I mean, he gets one call bad. I mean, a bad call called on him. 
or, you know, a couple mistakes. Um, it's not just forget about it. He's, you know, he's gotten now these refs have given him a long, you mm-hmm. know, they've given him some benefit of the doubt and kind of let them got away with, let him get away with some things. But, um, he's got to let that go and yeah. focus on the game. He's too good of a player to be on the bench. And, you know, I, I think the fact that Wiggins is playing so well right now has an effect that, you know, he's, you know, I don't know, but also Robert Williams. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's, I mean, he's a very good defender. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. And also Al Horford, uh, much bigger, stronger mm-hmm. player. Um, and composed too, you know, like just always under control, like, classic quintessential veteran he is a great vet and i've been saying it for a while vets in the nba aren't as uh heralded as they used to be Mm -hmm. i mean i think to having a good vet means a lot if Mm -hmm. i'm if i'm a gm that has a good group of young guys a good core group of young guys first thing i do is get a good vet that's going to show them how to work how to be professional and what it takes to be successful in the NBA. And that is so overlooked. You see so many kids with talent out there that just kind of go to a bag organization and they put up these good numbers, but they keep putting up these numbers and you never really see them in the playoffs or making these big statement uh, careers. Because to me, I think it all leads back to they never really had a good vet. And I know it's an excuse, but I'm telling you, after being with a good vet on a team, it makes a huge difference. I think David West was one of the best vets I've ever played with. And the way he worked and, you know, the way he carried himself, I think rubbed off on a lot of people. I think it had an impact. Yeah, and I think I think Draymond in a lot of ways is matured. I think you probably ask a lot of those younger guys, and I'm sure that he is that guy off off the camera, but he, you know, well, I know we're, I got off track a little bit because I know we weren't talking about Draymond, but yeah, I mean, I, th- no, I think that's... I think he has that role. The Robert Williams thing is really interesting to me because I thought going in, I pay a pretty good pretty good amount of attention to NBA. I'm not like an expert, but I watch a lot of NBA. I play fantasy basketball. Uh, got maybe a slight obsession with basketball cards, but um, I thought Robert Williams was nothing more than sort of like you're a kind of minutes guy. And I was wrong about that, man. He plays such a vital role for those guys. You're exactly right. Like, you know, they were making this big deal out of the injury he had earlier in the playoffs. And I'm just kind of like, all right, like, I get it, man. You want all guys rolling or what have you. But like, nobody's sitting here talking about Gary Payton, you know, is like detrimental that he's not on, you know, right. And you see Williams come in. And I didn't realize, you know, he's young. He hustles. Where do he go to school? I have no clue. find out. But yeah, anyway, dude, he's, he's, I, I've been equally impressed with him. I like him. Um, you know, it's weird because like I don't really like Boston per se, but like there's not really anybody on the team. And I've said this before about uh about Tatum. Like I don't want to like Tatum, but I like him. And um, he went to Texas A and M. He was a first round pick. So oh six nine two thirty seven. He's sturdy in the paint. Anyway, I mean they just got a lot of yeah you know, they hustle. They got a lot of players that uh, that that are likable. They play well together, and it's amazing to me. Like I get that you the statistics are a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but like this whole ESPN BPI index, man. So tonight, so first of all, when before the series started, everybody everybody's picking the Warriors. Everybody, ESPN's BPI says Warriors have eighty six percent chance of winning, and and Golden State at fourteen. And I'm everybody's like, what the fuck? Everybody's picking the Warriors, and now you see the the series start to play out, and you realize that like, well, damn, Boston could very easily be ahead three one in this series tonight. You know, uh, 
They got Boston is a 52% chance, so it's essentially a toss-up. But Boston's got a 52% chance to win it on the road, right? Again, these are all just, you know, metrics, whatever, stat, you can bend them however you want. But my point is is, is they've been a lot closer to accurate than everybody else. So, um, somehow, BP, so the Vegas has got um, uh, Golden State's a four-point favorite. Over under 210. It's weird how they have – you would think that Golden State – I guess Boston is a great defensive team, but you would still think that that over under would be closer to two twenty than it is two ten. I'll take the over on that. I yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta feel like it's it's in it, Golden State. Yeah, so it'll be a fun tonight's gonna be a good game, man. I mean, what the hell? It probably starts at three a.m. Uh, nine p.m. Okay, might as well be three a.m. when you get my age. But dude, I um, <laughs> somebody's got to. I still think that the like, dude, if especially if the Warriors win this series with nobody else really doing jack shit. Like, Steph is all... I'm all in on Steph in that conversation because mm-hmm. no one else has really done anything meaningful to help those guys. Oh, what else do we have? Um, the Live Live Love Tour uh, <laughs> out there in the Saudi Arabia. Uh, great horses out there, but it's a little questionable on the ethics. From what I understand, I think Joe's heading out there. I finally figured out what Phil Mickelson said and did. Like I've said a bunch of times, I was like, "Well, what no?" Break it down for us. Well, so here's here's old sleep dog half ass uh, understanding of what's going on here. The thing is backed by the Saudi something or another who has like his blood money all over his hands, right? So like this dude is is reported purported however you say it to be to have ties to to the assassination of the Washington Post reporter it was the Washington Post right uh, a shogi and like that as an american citizen free press sort of constitution rights like like you cannot kill a journalist because they do, you know i mean i have a huge um sort of issue morally with it really changed my mind on it and so basically, like, here's the rub. Now, the PGA does not the, – the problem you have here is is you you go to this place and it's essentially a money at all costs thing, which that's America. Like, there's a lot of people with a lot of very good justifiable things like, listen, dude, like, you're just going to pick this shit. And I, I'm, a, I'm all on board with that. The problem is, is you're – on the other side, you got the PGA that – you know, it feels like only recently started letting, you know, women and black people join like at Augusta and like they've got a long, long tradition of having their own issues. Right. Yeah. I agree with the players that are basically like, man, fuck off. Like you guys are, you know, um, making all this money on us and that kind of stuff. It's, so it's it's almost as if like neither side is very sympathetic. So it just seems like a bunch of rich people arguing over how much to pay a bunch of rich people. And I get that, but like these dudes just fleeing to go and 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 play over there. Um, I I if 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 I had to pick a side, I'd pick I'd I'd side with the PGA. I'm going to disagree with you, and the reason why I'm going to disagree is because I think it's selective outrage. Um, I think it's just people picking something to get mad about. Now, I never heard about this much until uh, these guys started to go over there and play. And I think from a business standpoint is 
First of all, it gives the PGA some competition. So what it does, it's going to create the PGA tour. They're going to look at things, what they can improve Mm -hmm. and how they can get the players to come back and keep the players. So I think it's going to make it better from that aspect. But the way I look at it is, um, you know, I don't think what we fill our cars up with, I don't really think that comes from really good places. And so I still put it in my car. Um, you know, I'm I'm not condoning what they did. I just think it's good to have that competition, and I think they should be allowed to go do that. And I don't think the PGA should suspend them. I think Phil Mickelson has earned his way and won a lot of titles to come back and play whenever he wants. Um, I've never seen like a moral stance against the Saudis from the PGA until now, and they should have made that clear before this happened. And there's a big difference between, no, I don't think they did anything wrong. That's a huge – I'm not saying that. Yep, 100%. I'm just saying from a business standpoint, a lot of people do business with a lot of, you know, people have done some bad things. And, you know, just sitting here and us just like, how could you do that? That doesn't change shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And also – they should have been more of an activist about this beforehand. So in my here, here's what made me think a little bit. I, I agree with all you just said. My my point of view is slightly different, but it's not like combatively, you know, I, I can't argue with any of that. But here's what I thought of when I was asking myself, once I sort of read this stuff, I was like, all right, I don't know who the crown prince of Saudi Arabia is, but I was like, what if the guy running the league was Saddam Hussein? You know, what if the guy whose money was backing it was Saddam Hussein, right? Or pick some other historical villain, right? And then you sort of, that's sort of the, I don't think that, that I think part of the argument is this guy's name doesn't have that same sort of like, I hate to say it this way, but like marketability and like, like he's not as, as well known as a, as a, you know, a, a, in the forefront of, uh, essentially like genocide and all this other sort of bad stuff, human rights violations and stuff, uh, the way they treat women and blah, blah, blah. And I think I agree a hundred percent that like, dude, by the way, I don't agree with any of that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. And that's kind of where I draw the line is because, you know, us as society, we sit here and everyone has their Apple phone Yeah, and they do business in a lot of messed up places. I guarantee you they've done business all throughout the Middle East, Yep, but we still have our Apple phone. And this is the interesting, you're exactly right. Here's exactly where I was going with that. Because you know who I haven't seen go over there yet? You saw DeShambo lose his rocket mortgage. You've seen DJ go over there. You've seen Phil go over there. I might be wrong. I might be missing one, but you haven't seen a single Nike athlete go over there. Is Kepka over there? No. Yeah. So you haven't seen a single Nike athlete, and I think I think that's weird because the Nike at Nike has like premier players, and of course you want to talk about like questionable record on human rights. Like Nike is up there, right? And my first question, my first thought to myself was like, you know, like like these guys are making a lot of money, losing partnership or losing sponsorships and stuff. Some that are in the news, some that aren't. And I found it interesting. I have no idea what that means. Maybe it's just coincidence. But I thought it was interesting that like no Nike athletes are over there. And I wonder whether Nike has been in with it. You know, I mean, dude, a company like Nike's having these conversations with their guys. They're talking about the pros and cons of going over there, maybe even enticing them a little bit not to. I don't know. Um, but I just thought, hmm, that's interesting. Um, I, I do like, you know, I saw on uh, social media, 
that this tour, this guy is going to give somebody, if they shoot oh, a birdie yeah, and win the tournament, so if they shoot, I don't know. what 54. Is, 54. A birdie, uh, if they shoot 18 under. 18 under and they win the tournament, then he's going to give them $54 million just outright. Which, if you shoot 18 under, uh, spoiler alert, you're going to win the tournament. So, so how in the hell do these people have that much money? The oil, dude. Dude, this is crazy. Just a, yeah. this is crazy. I mean, imagine you, you talk about gas prices right now. Well, imagine that, like you are the person everybody's got to buy it from. I mean, that's essentially what what happens, and it's why we fight wars. Over. I mean, dude, this is getting some geopolitical shit that is way over old sleep dogs head, pay grade, and IQ, anything you know. But it's over most people's head. Yeah, that's it's the problem um, with it. I, I put it this way: the best way I can summarize all this is yes, I think it, you said it best. You said selective something or selective outrage. That is absolutely what's happening. I understand. Um, I'm kind of of the mindset where like you want to participate in a social way to 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 like you know stand for what's right, but it's like there's so much. Hey, this is right and that's wrong. That sometimes you're just like. Damn, all right, I'd turn it on, I guess, if it was on TV. You know, you just kind of <laughs> give up on it. And, uh, you know, I, obviously nobody stands behind the shit that, you know. You have it on and somebody walks in like, oh, oh shit, you, what, why is this on? on? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like you turn it on to uh, on Skinamax oh, or something, like, just so you don't get in trouble. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, uh, I, I get it, man. I really, really do. Um, but it'll be interesting, like, I mean, because these guys, I mean, if you're going to sell your soul, I mean, hundred million dollars probably probably about enough, you know. I mean, just in case the shit hits the fan, you're like, well, I got hundred million dollars. So, I, I, you know, to me though, is you know, you look at Phil. Okay, so his product is golf. Why wouldn't he go to the person that pays him the most amount of money? That part I because get. that is yeah. maximizing your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. You know, we do it all the time when we buy these things. I'll just use gas. Yeah. Okay. Do we line up with a lot of places we get our gas? Absolutely not. And you know, it's you know, it's selective outrage in my opinion. Well, see, I had a real problem with what was going over there, so I bought an electric car. Yeah, he got old plug in. I ain't got that yet. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding about that. But you know, and it's the same. It's, it's literally in a vacuum. It's the same argument we make about paying college athletes, right? Like they they work for an entity and they don't get compensated fairly, and so there's outrage over the fact they don't. And now here you are. You got these other guys that do get paid but that are being prevented from going and getting paid more because of certain restrictions. And it's a certain point like, dude, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a, I get it hundred percent business standpoint. Look, dude, I ain't saying if somebody walked in here, it was like, I will pay you 10 million bucks. You guys go over there and do a podcast about, <laughs> all right, boys, we'll be we, on a canoe. We, <laughs> we will be rafting over there if we have to guys. I believe we ain't putting, we ain't going in a, a gas powered boat. That's all. That's, That's where I draw the line. Oh, oh shit! Well, Tar Heels drew the line at the Super Regional. Lost back to back games. Um, good run. I didn't get. I didn't even know they were in the tournament until they were in the tournament. So I can't really give you a whole you know big thing about it. But I think so now. Scott Forbes, baseball coach, dude, who I know or have met several times. Super nice guy. I really like that guy. Like Mike Fox. Like baseball. Like UNC. Um, first year regionals second year super regionals and acc championship i mean so so a team that that reached 
like what did they go to Omaha five years in a row, and then maybe they missed once or twice, and then Fox retired, and then you you know you got to wonder like and like any other college sport, like you know changing of the guard, what's going to happen? And dude, he's picked up takeoff running. Um, yeah, it was uh, you know guys, I don't watch a lot of baseball, uh, but no, I was happy for us. I think he's done a good job, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I don't know why the sound keeps coming on my computer. I'm booming. Um, let's see here. We've got – I'm trying to figure out who the hell's even in the College World Series. Who is in the – oh, wow. Well, guess a lot of people are asking. Google knew where I was coming. Um, hmm, They don't make it easy on you, though, do they? Bracket. Dude, Virginia Tech got popped, I thought. Let's see here. Oh, dear. That's – A lot that's, of teams made it, guys. Yeah, it's there's several list. teams in there. Let's see. We got – Field of 64. Jeez. Final two. The final two games are today, so we'll know by the time you're listening. So, yeah. I don't know, dude. There's just – yeah. You guys Google that, though. Yeah, you guys Google it. Um. <laughs> anyway, Carolina's not in there. But great year for those guys. Um, And, you know, hats off. Pun intended. Uh, Wait a second. What was – oh, dude. Here's – I got to ask you this, Big Hulk. So – there was a lot of there's a lot on uh on um Instagram mm-hmm. of uh they had Kenny Smith on All the Smoke. Up in no is it yes, all the smoke with Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson. He gave his top five Carolina. And everybody was like, dude, how you have a top five with Carolina? This is probably a weird thing for you to talk about. Me knowing you, you probably don't want to talk about my match anyway. Everybody thought it was wild as well. I was like, dude, Kenny, dude, no Tyler Hands, bro. Like, what the fuck, dude? Um his what did he have? So he had Phil Ford, hard to argue, had James Worthy, had Jordan, had at first Sam Perkins, and then Brad Doherty, I thought was weird. And then he replaced when they gave him shit about not having Rasheed Wallace, he put Rasheed Wallace over over uh Sam Perkins. So he tried to roll with three dudes out of eighty two team. Again, hard to argue. Um well shit, it was Phil Ford. Yeah, Phil Ford was in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who, I guess, is your top five? Yeah, first of all, man, I love Kenny. He's great. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. I was just I thought it was hilarious because everybody was like, dude. Old school guy. Um, I will say, I've said this before, but no, I got to put Phil in there. Phil, mm-hmm. to me, is like the, from a player perspective, to me, I think he's done about as much for the program as anybody. And I love Phil, the way he embraces it. So Phil's in there. Michael Jordan. Uh, you got to have him in there. Um, I would also put Antoine Jameson in mm-hmm. there. Myself. Yeah, the big Hulk. I knew he'd do it. So the real question is whether I'm going to put James Worthy or Ty Lawson in there is the debate. Um, I will – oh, man. I'll put Ty in there. Ooh, I love it. So, yeah, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing I think is really interesting is just like, you talking like are you gonna need a roster here or do you just need the top five? And I think I do think Kenny went roster because he said the best five. He was very adamant about Brad Darty as a five, which I still am like, come on, bro. Brad and I granted that's that's before my time. Like, you know, he's an old school dude. And I've never met Kenny, but I love him. I don't I mean, I don't <laughs> on TV and all that sort of stuff. So Big Hawks got Phil Ford, MJ, Jameson. The big oak. So, so those are basically all blue jerseys plus tie. That's what I did. I left out Big Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, What's else? blue jerseys mean? Retired. Retired. That's what I thought. I think for me, the argument is always 
best starting five or best five that would play together versus the best five of all time to play at Carolina. You know what I mean? That makes the biggest difference for me. Who do you got, Pablo? All right. I've done this a million times. Uh, Ed Cota would be my guard. Um, MJ. Mm -hmm. I got Big Hawk, Antoine, and then Rashid. That's, that's a solid, that's and that's the beauty of this this top fives. Is like, they got Coda guy. There's a fuck yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of people out there. You know, Ed Coda has a he. There's a lot of people that yeah. would put probably Ray Felton close. Now Phil Ford to me, like here. So here's my. He's a gold medalist too, dude. Here's my thing about Carolina basketball. Is when I was a kid, my um, grandma was like the biggest ACC basketball fan. Dude, my grandma went to Oak Hill. And nobody, this is like cool as shit. My grandma went to Oak Hill before anybody knew what Oak Hill was. And um, <clears throat> like if you've ever been to Oak Hill, it is in the middle, go into the middle of nowhere and then go farther into nowhere. Like you need to go on the outer edge of nowhere to get to Oak Hill. Um, and so my grandma was this lady, like if there was 10,000 people in an arena and you like pick the person that knows the most about ACC basketball, she'd be the last person you pick. She knew more than everybody. And she loved the coaches. Like she, this is just her thing. And the only thing I ever disagreed with my grandma on, I think besides the time she cut my rat tail was, um, <laughs> she liked Mike Krzyzewski too. And I was like, I don't fucking Mike Krzyzewski, but Dean Smith was always her favorite. So anyway, that's kind of how I got to become a Carolina fan. Um, was because we used to have this little like nine inch TV on a kitchen table. We just watch all the ACC games. Point is, is like I was probably like in my maybe around ten before because I grew up in Virginia, so it was kind of weird to be a Carolina not not out of the question, but like no. Virginia fans and and Tech fans and stuff up there, even Maryland fans. And uh, <clears throat> so that's kind of when I started getting into it, which was right when like. Uh, Stackhouse and Wallace were coming along, and then Jameson and Carter. I remember a little more, and then of course when I went to school, that's when I was like headlong into it. So like pre guys like Phil, and of course MJ was playing for the Bulls. I happened to like, but you know whatever. So Phil Ford, I, I have to say flat out, I just cannot have the same appreciation for him that other people do, and and that's that's a shortfall on, on my yeah. outlook. You know, well, not it not it's your top five. Yeah. And so I do. Ty Lawson is the best college point guard I've ever seen. I mean, that guy could score at will. Mm -hmm. And so he was my favorite college point guard. So I'm going Ty. I'm going MJ. I'm going Big Hawk. I'm going fucking Vince Carter just because everybody else is going to score. Like you could you could afford the electricity. Um, and <laughs> then, I mean, dude, there's so many good places you can go there. I think uh, I think I'll just go Sheed for the attitude, dude. Love I it. mean, like. There's so many top fives uh, that you could you could come with. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go wrong with it. You know, it's hard to leave Sean May off of him too. Dude, Sean May was incredible. Yeah, and he was one of the best players ever. Dude. And yeah, I mean, it's hard not to have him up there. And I, I debated him as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like. Dude, and I'll tell you this, and I, I, I that that's that's that this ship has sailed and it's dead and gone. But had things not gone the way post his career, I mean, dude, up until his meltdown, Rashad McCants was one of my favorite Tar Heels of all time. Right now, you know, nobody gives a shit because you know he kind of tried to sell everybody up the river. But watching him, I mean, there's like there's so many players that were that good, like. I mean, that he's just an afterthought, you know, on those teams. Let me but. ask you guys this. This is always the hardest thing for me to pick. 
the three position, if you were to pick someone like who would be your Steph Curry of a Carolina team, who would that? Because that's always the toughest one for me. The bigs easy for me. Even the point guards are easy for me. MJ as the two, but like, who would you go as your three just lights out shooter that you would count on? Either Danny or Wayne for me. Danny Wayne Cam. Um, yeah. Recent um, Danny Wayne Cam. Yeah. Uh, Shamad Williams. Just fill it up. Uh, probably, dude. For me, truthfully, I'd probably. I liked Wayne. Wayne Ellington. I saw Wayne Ellington this morning, um, which is weird that I'm now saying this because it feels like I'm only saying this because I just saw him a little while ago and I was like, "Hey, man, I have a podcast with Tyler Hansborough." He's like, "Oh, cool, dude." Um, but he, he was one of my favorite players while while he was here, just because, dude, his shot was just, dude, like, I mean, that guy's his form and everything was just like incredible. He was money. God, he was good. So. Um, Fun to watch. Hey guys, we gotta get the cookie review because Sleep Dog has a real job, and in five minutes, I'm on the, I'm on the horn with some real people. So let's get to the cookie review. Yeah. Um. Also, dude, as while we're doing that, I figured out a very great use case for stay safe on the golf course. I hit a shot yesterday, and it was fading like most do, and I caught myself just yelling, "Ah, stay safe!" And then, guys, this is not a cookie. This is a flat out fucking rice crispy. Hey, I'm on. I'm, I'm going to do this video, guys. This is the first cook, cookie review we've got. I've got. Uh, we're in the nest. There's no so, uh, This is not a Pablo, cookie. Guy. Not a cookie. Big sleep dog. All right. How many bites? We doing the uh, point noise thing? Nah, Boys? fuck that guy. Yeah, we're just gonna, take a couple. Yeah, fuck him. Oh, rice crispy treat. A good one. <laughs> Listen. Okay. First of all, this is from Crumble. This is the uh, crispy classic. Mm. We're going to give this, all right, so it's expensive, guys, okay, so it gets, you know, deducted. And the other thing is, Sleep Dog, this is a cookie place. This isn't a fucking cookie. What do you think? Well, it's not a cookie. Here's the problem with this. Zero to ten, what do you give it? 3.2 because it's not a cookie. Pablo, what you going with? 3.2? I'm going zero because this is false advertisement. This is bullshit. Okay, we'll have another cookie review uh, next week and uh, let you guys go know from there. But Crumble makes much better products than this one right here. My fingers are going to be sticky. If I, can, I might choke to death since there's water here. But uh, until then, guys, stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs>